Welcome to Joyful Souls, the podcast. I'm Tracy Benson, your host. I am so excited to take this weekly journey with you where we'll take deep dives into real talk with real people living an epically fulfilled existence. We'll give you tips, tools, and strategies that you can use in your everyday life to have more joy, more peace, more love, more connection, more of all the things that really matter. And it's crazily true. When you live like that in alignment, in joy, in peace, just expanding your heart and soul, it's amazing what you manifest and what will just show up at your door. So let's get this trip around the sun started. I'll see you on the flip side. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Joyful Souls, the podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Benson. And in real time, it's Monday, September 7th, 2020, Labor Day, a holiday in the U.S. And I was thinking today, and I think I've mentioned it at least once before on the podcast that this year, that time is really flying by. You know, we're already into the ninth month of the year, and I would have thought with all that was going on with lockdown and change and the fact that we're home more, we can't really travel a whole lot, you know, all these things that have shifted um, what we do, it always seems to me when I'm not doing what I want, like, remember when you were a kid in the last month of school because you were waiting for summer, seemed like four months because you were anticipating something, right? And you know, I've been anticipating getting back to travel all year and going back to in-person immersion, personal development events, you know, because they've all been postponed and rescheduled all year long. And I just realized it really didn't matter. The time flew and it flew faster. So our perception sometimes of what causes us to seem to think time is moving faster or slower is not always the same, Right. So the other thing I've noticed lately is that, well, not lately, (laughs) probably since COVID hit, how tensions are running high with everyone. And I think it's even exacerbated by the fact that this is an election year because everybody gets on their party hat. And I don't mean (laughs) to go have a party. I mean the Republican and the Democratic party hats. And we get even more divisive than ever. Now, I consider myself an independent. While I am registered as a Democrat so I can vote in the primary, I have always been a person who looks at all the candidates, whoever's running, and makes my decision on who I think best can serve us and get the job done that we need done. So I have voted Republican. I have voted Democrat. I have voted independent at times. And although typically a vote for the independent candidate is a vote for whoever you don't win a win out of the other two. It's just the plain hard facts because independence, we don't have the numbers. One of the reasons I really wish they would abolish the party system, I think it would creep in anyway. People would still get together and do, but we might have a little more freedom of choice if we had that. Because it's hard for me to say and I generally don't talk about politics, especially publicly, but that, you know, I can't believe anybody's a true party line person because there's things on both sides of the fence that I don't agree with. So I can't imagine that everything 
that Democrats, the party may stand for, that most people that are Democrats actually resonate with at all. And same thing with Republicans. And that's the reason that I think the party should be abolished, because I think that people get too stuck on the party line thing and think because they're a Republican, they have to vote for all Republicans. And there are, you know, people are all different, whether they're Republican or Democrat or independent. We need to choose the best candidates that best serve the most needs of the entire nation, not just a segment, not just a population, the entire population. And I think that's almost impossible to do when we have political parties because people get stuck on the party line deal. And while I think there's always something to be said for loyalty, and that's what that amounts to, I just don't think in this particular circumstance that it serves anyone. But we'll skip on to something else. Because of the tension, because of the political parties, I've noticed in my clients and in my families and in my peers and in my business and in my my other business, my real estate business, my clients, my customers who would be tenants, also buyers would be clients, sellers would be clients, There is a lot, a lot of tension. Everybody seems to be extra stressed this year. And I know some of it's COVID. And I also know some of it's the election year. I see it every year during election. The last election year was horrific as far as tension goes. People fighting on Facebook. I mean, come on, people. Really, just respect each other's opinions. And if somebody calls you out on posting non-factual information and proves you wrong, own it and say, you know, I didn't check the source. I assumed it came from my party or my belief system that it was infallible. And before you post something, check your source. Check your source against other sources and make sure you're posting something that's actually factually true, then you're not going to have any of that. Everybody has a right to their opinion. And yeah, some people are getting rude and nasty on Facebook, really without cause. And so, you know, that's unacceptable. And I think social media has given people the freedom to hide behind the computer, behind, you know, whatever they're hiding behind there because they can't be actually physically seen and heard, right? It makes it safer. (laughs) Well, it's really not because what you're doing is a disservice to everyone, including yourself. You make yourself look bad on social media and to others. And while you may not care, it also incites riot and fuels others who may have more sinister motives than you. Maybe you're just in a bad mood and you just want to fight. Go fight with yourself. Go fight with somebody else. Don't start a brawl on Facebook over a political post. It's unnecessary. And it's just sad. It's a sad state of the world that I'm having to block people and unfriend people on Facebook because of these sorts of posts. I mean, I have a very active Facebook page. I typically have you know, pretty much a full boat. The last few months though, I usually have a few hundred below because constantly I'm having to unfriend people for posting. And what I do when they post unfactual information that I, you know, I have the facts to back up most of the time because of all the discourse going on in the post that's already there, I don't even post and contradict. 
because obviously with all the contradiction that was already there, they are not interested in hearing the actual facts, whatever side it's on. And believe me, I have facts. I have fact searched on both sides of the discourse and it's about equal for people putting out information that is not at all factual. So I don't even bother anymore. I'm just literally eliminating them as friends. I'm just taking them off my Facebook page. And in some cases, you know, if I know that they are posting on other people's pages because it's something I post on, I'll even block them so they can't post on anything I've posted on. It's sad. I've never had to do this before, you know, and I'm really concerned that humankind has forgotten that we're human and we're kind, and that should be our first objective. Be kind. Do unto others. And if you're not a God-fearer, it doesn't matter. If you would like someone to treat you that way, then by all means, go for it. Go find that group of people that want to beat each other up constantly. But the general public, I don't believe, wants that. So if you're not one of those, just think before you post, think before you speak, think before you act, research your facts, act out of kindness and love. And by all means, feel free to support whatever candidates you choose and be vocal about it. But just don't fight with people over it and don't post information that can be proven false. It just speaks to you as a human that you're just blatantly posting whatever that you think supports your your stance, and all it does is it takes away from that then. And I don't think people realize it. I think they're in such a hurry to just get their side heard, and you got to be on my side, and this is what I believe, so you got to believe this. It's never been that way in the history of the planet. It will never be that way that everyone believes what you believe. And that's okay. That's what keeps the world an interesting place. If we all believe, looked, sounded, acted all alike, the world would be boring. But it doesn't have to be mean. And it doesn't have to be angry. You can share your thoughts and opinions without that. And rather than fighting with someone on your page when they post something and you know your information is factual or you're just posting your opinion about that you like this candidate or whatever it is you're talking about. If somebody posts something nasty on your page, delete the post and block them. That's all you have to do. You don't have to turn it into a fight. Now, on the other hand, if somebody posts a countering opinion and is not fighting and provides truthful evidence to support their stance, then you can simply say, I agree to disagree. Or while I see what you posted is, you know, not a falsehood, I still don't agree with you. I still like this person regardless of whatever. You know, just be kind. And if you're posting on your page with things that you know are you know, touchy with the public, you have to be prepared for that. I think that's one of the biggest things I've had with some of my coaching clients this year 
is when we talk about their social media pages, because I do a lot of different kinds of coaching. I do business coaching and life coaching, relationship coaching, individual coaching to bring your best self to the relationship or to find the partner that you deserve when you're single. So all different styles and all of these people have had problems on their social media page, just about. Now, some of them, they were minor. They were just minor issues, but and we just discussed them because they handled them the correct way. Some people were having knockdown dragouts with other people on Facebook. And especially people in business, probably not a good idea because you don't want to offend people just based on the fact that you're being so blatant and bullish about your views. Now you have a you're right and you're entitled to them. And I'm not saying that. And if you want to go ahead and keep posting that on your Facebook page and be loud and proud, that's awesome. And I've told people that too, as long as they're kind. However, if you're doing business online, it's probably not in your best interest. And some people will say, well, if they don't vote like me and they're not this or they're not that, they're not my clients. And that's kind of short-sighted because most of us are good people. Most of us are good people, regardless of our political opinions and our, you know, religious differences, our cultural differences, you know, whatever it is, most of us are really good people. And you don't want to exclude really good people from your life just because they want to vote for a different candidate in the election than you. That is very, very short-sighted. And eventually you could really harm your business irreparably doing that. But if you want to do it, that's okay, just as long as you're aware of the risks. And then if it's just your personal page, I tell people, why do you want the strife? If it's upsetting you because of the response you get, either don't post it or post and do what I said. You can halt comments on it so nobody can even comment on it. You know, there are ways to do it without actually verbally getting into altercations with people on Facebook. Or otherwise, because I had one client that literally got in a a fight with somebody they knew in their community, and then they saw each other out in public, and this person started verbally attacking them in public. And while I had empathy for the person that, you know, my client that they attacked, I also told my client they had to take some responsibility in that. You knew this was a person in your community that you might see out. You also knew when you talked to me that they tended to be a little over the top about everything. And so not that they deserved it, but they have responsibility in that secondary action because had they not engaged that person on Facebook in that manner, the secondary action probably would have never occurred. Now, I can't say 100% it wouldn't. (laughs) If somebody's having a real bad day and they tend to be confrontational and a little aggressive and you meet them at the store and you start talking politics, which I suggest you don't, unless you know them very well and you know that your opinions are similar and that or that they're cool-headed, I suggest you don't. But the likelihood of it would have been very small. I mean, I had a political conversation, which I never do in the grocery store. I ran into my next door neighbor, sweet lady, have never talked politics with her before. She was saying that she was tired of this and she meant the, you know, the COVID, all the restrictions and that kind of thing. And we kind of talked about that. And then we got into political issues. The difference is, and she has very different opinions than I do, very different opinions. However, we had a lovely chat 
hearing each other's side. And some things I did see her point, even though I could give another point that would still say that wasn't, you know, probably the best move or the best way to think. And she said the same thing about some of my points, because I'm coming from a very different perspective, not only being an independent, but registered as a Democrat, but as a business owner who's been affected by COVID in a different way than most business owners. Um, I've lost revenue, like a lot of businesses, but I'm also in residential property management where we have the government staying evictions, but not helping the owners. You know, people think the owners didn't have to pay their mortgages. No, if they had one and only certain kinds, they could forbear it for three months. But on the fourth month, they had all four payments. So we have people in foreclosure now because they weren't allowed to evict their tenants who couldn't pay. And the government didn't step up and pay. Now, this is not, I'm not saying who did this or why. I know this year has been a total mess. Although I think some of the things that were enacted, like stopping evictions without taking care of the landlords, was extremely short-sighted and unfair. No other family should bear the burden of supporting other families. And it's causing irreparable harm to some of these owners. And now we just had a re-up from the national side where they forbade for evictions. And if somebody claims COVID and fills out an affidavit with no proof until December 31st of this year. And that original order went into effect in March. How many of you think if you were supporting another family, you could afford to do it for eight or nine months and then know you're never ever going to get all that rent back. Just from personal experience and what I do, when a tenant gets one month behind in rent, let's say they don't pay the rent. And here we usually have them out by the end of the month or the first of the next month. We do have very friendly landlord tenant laws here for the landlord. So they come up with the money before we go to evict them and we let them stay. Typically it takes them an entire year to catch up and get on time from being one month behind in rent. So if you're talking, a a lease is typically a year long. (laughs) Most people didn't just move in, so they've got less than that left to get that money caught up. So in any case, these owners of these properties are going to be short. They're going to be shorted. They have, have going to have bared a large portion of the burden of this pandemic. And it's simply not right. And it's simply not justice. And it's simply not fair that some of my clients' credit has been hurt because with a tenant not paying rent and them having to pay their mortgages and still paying for repairs and all of the above, they maybe have fallen behind on some payments. And people say, well, they should be prepared. No one's prepared for that kind of thing, not for months without rent. In our market, if we vacate somebody at the end of the month, by the beginning of the next month, they have a tenant, sometimes, most of the time, sooner. And most of them are prepared for like three months or four months. This has been going on April 1st, May 1st, June 1st, July 1st, August 1st, September 1st, six months now. 
And so I don't think even most tenants realize, I think they think their landlords are getting paid by the government. I had one that didn't pay. And we finally got them out because they didn't get it on a payment plan. And before this new order, there was a stipulation that they had to be paying something and they had to show what they had so we could work out reasonable payment arrangements. And they refused. And the court sided with us and we got them out. Well, that's not going to happen now with this national order. With this national order, if you as a property manager serve a writ, you and the owner, and if the owner does it themselves, can be fined $100,000 for doing so. So not only are we supposed to support these people, we're going to get fined when they haven't paid rent for months and we kick them out. Does that seem right? Does that seem fair to you? Does that seem like something that, and people think that most landlords are wealthy. No, the majority of my landlords own one property. It's most of the cases, it's the property they used to live in and they moved on. And maybe they moved on at a time in the market when after the crash where they couldn't sell it because they were upside down. And so they decided to keep it as an investment, hoping to pay it off and make it cash flow into some retirement. And some of them had to refinance at some point. And for whatever reason, maybe we need to do a re, you know, major a remodel or something and they refinance. So they're not mortgage free, none of them. And so they're bearing that burden and they're struggling right now. Some of them have lost their jobs due to COVID. Some of them are furloughed. We need to get by the idea that landlords are all rich. The majority of them are just like you and I, working people that maybe had good credit and have stayed the course to keep good credit and have purchased well. Are they to be faulted for that? Well, that seems to be what's happening right now. And that's because, and yes, I'm going to say it, our government, which is most of the people who serve us in the House and the Senate, and frankly, the president in the White House have been wealthy so long that they have no idea what it's like to be a normal working person. See, because the ultra wealthy, if they own, let's say, apartment buildings and lots and lots of properties, are they being hurt by this? No, because they're going to take, they're going to use that as a big tax write-off because of all the money they make elsewhere. And they're going to end up saving the money in taxes. So they're not going to be hurt by this. The average person doesn't owe enough in taxes to get enough back to save them from this issue. Not to mention that they have don't have the cash flow and they have to wait until they file. So anyway, I just wanted to, you know, get on and talk about being kind and also give that I decided to talk about you know, this issue with the landlords and the tenants. And don't get me wrong. I have so much empathy for anyone who has lost their job and can't find work or their pay's been cut, you know, and their bills are mounting up. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have been helping people. I'm saying we're helping a group to the exclusion of another group and it's not fair. That's all I'm saying. The government should have got their stuff together faster. If they wanted to halt evictions, they should have got the money arranged and out soon enough. That should have been a priority. And it wasn't. Frankly, I have one tenant that applied in April 
for housing assistance, the money that was supposed to come to us. They finally got approved last week. We'll see the money in about 15 days. And all they got approved for was like $1,500, which is like one month of the six months that they haven't been able to pay rent. No one else that we've been working with has gotten a dime or even approved for a dime yet. And I know we weren't prepared for this as a country. I know this wasn't the intention of the government, but they need to look at the repercussions of what they're doing. It's the same thing with businesses. They have been suing to get back open because they're dying. They're drowning. Thank God I'm in a business. The two businesses I'm in, other than my vacation rental business, is still thriving. Although I will say I've had owners who have had vacancies that weren't intending to sell their properties that went ahead and did it because of the such uncertainty with the market and knowing if they got a tenant that lost their job, they could do nothing about it. So be kind to your neighbor. Be kind to your landlord. Landlords, be kind to your tenant, but understand your landlord has no obligation or should have no obligation to support you and your family. So if you're in that predicament, there are resources, there are jobs to be had. It may not be your ideal job, but do the right thing and get what you can and start helping pay your rent back so your landlord can keep your house and you can keep a home. And for those of you who can't for whatever reason, there are resources available to you. Keep reaching out, keep calling, keep doing everything you can in your power to show your landlord that you're trying to get money for them, that you know that they're doing you a favor, that you understand that they shouldn't have to bear this burden either. All right, guys, I hope you have just the most beautiful day. And if anybody does have questions on landlord-tenant stuff, especially in Arizona, while I'm not an expert in other states, I do have some resources for you in other states. And nationally, some of our things are exactly the same. So I'd love to be of service if I can in that capacity. And if anybody needs some strategies for how to answer people that are being you know, less than nice on Facebook during this climate that we're in, political discourse and the COVID and all of it, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to hear from you. And I'd love some feedback and a review. If you have time to get give one, please subscribe on your podcast player if you enjoy my podcast. And please do rate and review. I love to hear from all of you. Thank you so much. You have just the most beautiful day. I love you guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Joyful Souls Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at tracybenson at joyfulsouls.com. Thanks ever so much for listening and have a beautiful day.